Exciting news at This Week Health. Starting May 16th, our keynote show is moving to Thursdays. Catch every episode weekly on our This Week Health conference channel. Don't miss conversations with top health system leaders designed to transform healthcare one connection at a time. Subscribe to This Week Health conference and stay updated every Thursday. Today in Health IT, we're going to take a look at Gartner's AI hype cycle. It's really interesting, and I think you'll get some out of it. I had to look up a bunch of terms to figure out what all these things were, and I'm going to share some of that with you. My name is Bill Russell. I'm a former CIO for a 16 hospital system and creator of This Week Health, a set of channels and events dedicated to, to leveraging the power of community to propel healthcare forward. We want to thank our show sponsors who are investing in developing the next generation of health leaders, SureTest, Artisite, Parlance, Certify Health, Notable, and ServiceNow. Check them out at thisweekhealth.com slash today. We would love it if you would share this podcast with a friend or colleague. Use it as a foundation for daily or weekly discussions on topics that are relevant to you and the industry. They can subscribe wherever they listen to podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, let's get to this hype cycle. It's really interesting. I don't know when it was released, but it looks like it was released fairly recently. It's at least 2023. And if you're not familiar with the Gardner hype cycle, it's essentially you have two, two axes. You have the expectations axis and you have the time, the amount of time it takes for something to evolve into a productive technology and the expectations that we have for it. And I often talk about the the peak of the hype cycle, and that is actually called the peak of inflated expectations. And we've seen this happen. And actually, the reason we keep coming back to the hype cycle is because it has borne itself out over years. And so there's some sort of, uh, if you go to the early on in the time, there's some sort of innovation trigger, something that causes us to look at technology. And then it sort of rides and people start talking about it. You start hearing about it. You might read articles about it. And then the expectations are just at the peak, right? But then what happens is you have a very rapid descent into the trough of disillusionment. And I'm gonna give you an example of this in a minute. And then you have the slope of enlightenment where we figure out where, where it fits, where it doesn't fit, where it can be used, what are the best use cases for these things, and the technology evolves in that same time frame. And slope of enlightenment leads to the plateau of productivity. All right, so there you go. That's the hype cycle. I'm going to take one of these things that's actually coming out of the trough of disillusionment, heading up the slope of enlightenment towards the plateau of productivity, and that is autonomous vehicles because it's on this AI hype cycle. And the, you know, again, there was an innovation trigger, which is, hey, can cars be more safe if they were, if there was uh, an option for them to do things like better self-driving, better, you know, autopilot kind of features, things like lane assist and you name it. And there's some innovation trigger that, that start, sparked. And then all of a sudden we're talking about just full-blown autonomous driving. That's the peak. The peak of the inflated expectations are you have people saying, hey, before long, every car is going to be autonomous. You're not even going to have to drive. You're going to be able to sit in the back seat and play on your computer while your car is driving. And that's the peak of inflated expectations. Trough of disillusionment was essentially lawsuits, crashes, unrealized expectations, quite frankly. We expected this future to happen. Like we all expected a Jetsons type of future, which really hasn't gotten here yet. 
depending on how old you are, you might understand that reference or not. The Jetsons was a cartoon about the future. Anyway, it is now moving from the trough of disillusionment, which is everyone's down on it, to, hey, where does this work and where does it work well? So autonomous vehicles are now moving their way through. So that's the example. Now I've explained the Gartner hype cycle. Let me tell you, this AI hype cycle has a ton of things that have had their innovation trigger and it hasn't quite reached the peak of inflated expectations. As we've talked about many times, generative AI is at the peak of inflated expectations. In fact, it is at the very top of inflated expectations right now. And we all know what generative AI is. That's the chat GPT models. It's barred from Google. It's you know whatever other models people are working on right now. I saw Apple's working on one. Everybody's working on one, quite frankly. And there's um, a number of things. We're gonna talk about it next week on a webinar. We're gonna talk about the different ways that generative AI is being used in healthcare. And so we all know what that is. But man, there's a whole bunch of terms here that I'm gonna give you that, are, that have hit their innovation trigger, but have not worked their way up to the, the peak. And so, I don't know, this might be the first time you hear some of these terms. For me, some of these terms were brand new. Foundational models in AI. Foundational models in AI refers to large general purpose machine learning models that serve as a basis for a variety of downstream tasks and applications. These models are typically pre-trained on massive data sets and then fine-tuned for specific use cases, often significantly reducing the time data and expertise required to deploy machine learning in practice. All right, so foundation models have gained prominence with the advent of transformers. And if you're not familiar with some of these terms, so transformers is essentially the foundation for things like GPT, generative pre-trained transformer. That's what the T stands for. You also have uh, BERT, bidirectional encoder representation and transformers and their variants. These, these models are capable of a wide range of tasks from text generation to translation, summarization, and the things you use GPT for, right? Image recognition amongst others. So that's what a foundation model is. And that's, you know, the, that's just at the start of the curve. We have things like, let's take a look, first principle AI. And to be honest with you, this was a hard one to find, but it's a combination of first principle thinking and AI. First principle thinking is a problem solving and reasoning approach that breaks down complex ideas into their most basic self-evident principles. By understanding the foundational truths or, or elements of a complex system, one can construct it in a new and innovative manner. When applied to AI, this could really be, you know, about rebuilding algorithms from scratch, focusing on understanding, actually have machines have understanding, you know, incorporating ethics and assumptions and so forth. You have uh, neurosymbolic AI. This was a new term for me. I had to look it up. Neurosymbolic AI aims to combine the best of two distinct approaches to artificial intelligence, neural networks, and symbolic reasoning. Each of these has its strengths and weaknesses, and the goal of neurosymbolic AI is to integrate them into a single system that captures the advantages of both. Okay, and uh, and actually, this this page goes into a lot of details on neural networks, symbolic AI, and, and the combination of the two. The reason I'm going through some of these things, first of all, some of these things were new to me. And what it did as I was sort of researching all these things is I started to realize, oh my gosh, this is, <laughs> this is huge. You guys might already realize this. 
I, we're playing with generative AI and we're playing with these chat GPT models and we're seeing it in other places. We're going, oh, this is pretty neat. This is pretty neat. This is pretty neat. We are on the precipice. We are just scratching the surface of where this is going to go. And some of these models might be a bust, but it's interesting. They've, they've taken all these years of how do we, how does the brain process information? How do we learn things? How do we uh, reason and all that stuff? And it's now being applied to AI. And that's what you see. There's a causal AI refers to the integration of causal inference into machine learning and artificial intelligence models, traditional machine learning techniques, including neural networks and other data-driven models, excel at identifying correlation within data, but often fall short when it comes to understanding causality, the why and the how behind observed relationships. And so you have AI models heading in that direction. We have AI simulation. AI simulation refers to the use of computer algorithms and models to emulate complex systems, behaviors, and processes using AI techniques. The purpose can vary from uh, training and validating AI models, AI models to simulating environments for testing other kinds of software and hardware systems. AI simulation can encompass a variety of methods, including machine learning, agent-based modeling, and other computational uh, techniques, and you're seeing it used in robotics and healthcare, business and economics, uh, gaming, traffic, urban planning, and a lot of different different areas. You know, this one seemed obvious to me. Data-centric AI is an approach that emphasizes the importance of high-quality, well-curated data as opposed to solely focusing on improving machine learning algorithms. And we talk, in fact, I just interviewed the guys over at ClearSense on this very topic, and you're going to hear that, I think, in the next week or so on our conference channel. Composite AI refers to the integration of multiple AI and machine learning technologies to solve complex problems. What you're gonna have is you're gonna have these different models are good at one thing and not good at another. And composite AI is bringing them together. Operational AI, I think is pretty obvious. It's, it's AI that's actually in operations, actually operational today in, in use. Artificial general intelligence is Likely not a new term for you. This is the one we're all worried about. This is Terminator, essentially. It refers to a form of artificial intelligence that processes the ability to understand, learn, and apply knowledge across different domains, reason through problems, have uh, consciousness, and even have emotional understanding. You know, and so that's the one we talk about a lot. You know, unlike narrow or specialized AI, which is designed and trained for a specific task, or a set of related tasks, AGI would be capable of outperforming humans at nearly every economically valuable work. Yeah, try that on for a minute. Neuromorphic computing refers to the design of computing architecture, algorithms, and systems that are inspired by the structure, functioning, and efficiency of biological brains. So think about that, where you're looking at the human brain and saying, hey, you know, can we essentially design computers that mimic the human brain? Because the current computers do not. It's just, I hate to burst your bubble on that one. And so, you know, actually there's like 10 others that are still on the, on the rise. And I'm gonna, you know, I'll get out of the technical jargon here for a minute and just give you some of the things that jump off the table, at, jump off the page at me for this one. One is there's an awful lot of these leading up to the peak of inflated expectations. So we are not even close to AI's bubble bursting with regard to its path to disillusionment. There's just a whole bunch of things that are gonna keep giving us more promise and more hope, more promise, more hope. 
Some of the things that have started to move through, I think are interesting as well. Knowledge graphs are starting to uh, move through. We now know what they can and cannot be used for, what they're good at, what they're not good at. And we're seeing that move into and likely through the trough of disillusionment. We have autonomous vehicles I talked about, intelligent applications, I think it's interesting as well. Cloud AI services is moving up the slope of enlightenment. I thought the the one that really fascinated me was computer vision. Computer vision is has moved out of the slope of enlightenment and into the plateau of productivity. And that's interesting to me because I think people still think computer vision is space age, futuristic kind of stuff. And we are seeing all sorts of models that can be applied. We see it being applied to imaging, to to radiology imaging, specifically radiology imaging, it's extremely good at cardiology imaging and other imaging modalities. Computer vision can identify things. It can really be a good assistant to your radiologists and cardiologists and, and all the other ologists out there that use the imaging platform. So computer vision in that area is is has really matured. The other area is we are seeing cameras pop up at especially the large academic medical centers and those that can see a future where uh, computer vision can link into sophisticated AI models and identify all sorts of things. We've talked about this on the show over the years because it, and literally we were talking about it a couple of years ago because you see companies out there talking about this. this is one of our sponsors is Artisite and it means artificial sight, and this is exactly what they do. Cameras in rooms, identifying certain behaviors, identifying certain things that allow us to automate things on the back end. It could be input into the EHR, it could be triggering processes, it could be triggering alerts, all sorts of things. It's like having another pair of eyes, except you're gonna put that pair of eyes in all sorts of places across the health system. Now we have to deal with privacy. We have to deal with all the challenges of putting cameras everywhere within the hospitals themselves. But at the end of the day, this is going to make the hospitals smarter. It's going to make the staff more efficient and more effective. And so I think it's one of the areas in AI that we should be piloting, no matter what size system you're in, almost immediately, trying to figure out how to how to pilot it today. So anyway, just giving you an idea, I saw this uh, Gardner hype cycle, wanted to talk about it, and it gave me the opportunity to, quite frankly, research a lot of these things that I was not familiar with before I did the research. All right, that's all for today. Don't forget to share the podcast with a friend or colleague. That would be greatly appreciated. We want to thank our channel sponsors who are investing in our mission to develop the next generation of health leaders. SureTest, Artisite, Parlance, Certify Health, Notable, and ServiceNow. Check them out at thisweekhealth.com slash today. Thanks for listening. That's all for now.